Hey, everybody. My name is April Farmer. I have never been here before. I have never been in front of this audience, but I cannot tell you how excited I am to be here with you today. Oh, thank you. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to get to know you guys a little better and for you guys to get to know me a little better. But just to kind of break the ice, I'll tell you a little bit about me. I'm from Augusta, Georgia. I've been in the metro Atlanta. Any Augusta? You from Augusta? What's up? Okay, yes. Yes, so that's where I'm from. I ain't been there in a long time. But I live here now, metro Atlanta area. I've been out here for a good long time. Um, I have two sons, and I have one husband, thank the Lord. And I have four grandchildren, and they are precious. Y'all just asked me to show you some pictures later. But um, I have been able to be a part of the North Point Ministries for quite a while. I serve as the care and baptism director at the Buckhead Church campus. And so I'm excited to be able to do that. And what we basically do is just help care for people. When they're going through hard seasons of life, when they're transitioning and they're experiencing hard times, we kind of partner them with people who will help them walk through those difficult seasons and their challenges in life. But above and beyond all of that, I really love Jesus. I really, really do. And I try to live my life right. And I always try to teach my boys, live your life right. I always ask them, even to this day, they're 28 and 26-year-old. I said, you still living right and loving Jesus? And one of my sons, he'll say, well, I'm still loving Jesus. You know, so we're working on the rest of that part. But so if I see you around and I ask you, you still living right and loving Jesus? I just need you to answer me honestly. That's all I ask. But I'm excited to be here to dive into this new series, Riz, Roses, and Red Flags. And I'm like Matt, like, like Matt. I did not know what Riz was. I had to get educated on what Riz was. But you guys obviously know what Riz is, right? Anybody in here not know what Riz is? It's okay. Don't be ashamed. All right? That's, that's totally fine. It's like charisma. It's game. As a matter of fact, I want to ask you a few questions. You know, how would you rate your Riz game? We got a 12. 12 out of what? 12 out of 10. Okay, so that's good. How would you rate your Riz game over here? A 3. A 10. How would the, the person sitting next to you rate your Riz game? Would they agree with you or disagree? Not that high. I got a little Riz, I suppose. You have to ask Mr. Farmer how my Riz game is. What do you, what do you believe to be the best dating strategy? Be yourself. What'd you say? Dunkin'? Like Dunkin' Donuts? Dunkin' Dunkin' Date. We need to talk. What is Dunkin' Date? Ooh, you trying to school me. Okay, Dunkin' Date. Communication. All right, so y'all got some ideas. Y'all got that. Y'all got that. Is it okay to have a roster? <laughs> she said for sure. Is it okay to have a roster? Like a spreadsheet? Shorter roster, maybe? <laughs> One or two, maybe? Okay. What are your biggest red flags in a relationship? Y'all talked about this a little bit earlier doesn't want to work on the red flags. That is a red flag. What else? Doesn't like Star Wars. Doesn't like Star Wars. All right. Disrespectful to mom. Disrespectful to mom. That is a good one. My daughter-in-laws, they passed that test. When he don't love Jesus. When he don't come through, sis. Come through. When he don't love Jesus. She said, that's a red flag. For me, it was ashiness. 
I just, I don't like no dude who's ashy. You gotta have a little cream on your hands, don't be ashy. And you gotta smell good too. Hygiene is very important on my list of red flags. <laughs> what did you say, the breath? Oh Lord, let's not talk about the breath. So where do you receive the majority of your dating advice? Your mom. Your mom, you get all kind of gold stars right now. She said her mom. Your, your, your friends, social media. And it pops up on social media whether you want it to or not, right? They just giving it to you. You said experience is the best, is the best indicator, is the best teacher. That, that is definitely a thought. Heartbreak is the best teacher. You guys have very good ideas and a very good flow. Well, these are all the things that we're going to talk about over the next few weeks as we dive into this topic of Riz, Roses, and Red Flags. But I want to I invite you guys to be a little interactive with me. Can I get, um, can I get you to come on the stage? Um, you, can you come? Yes, you can come. Come on, come on, baby. All right, thank you. What's your name? I'm Jules. Jules. Yes. Love it. April, nice, nice to, to meet you. you. What's your name? I'm Charles. Charles. That's my brother's name. Nice to meet you. I'm Zoe. Zoe. Nice to meet you. Kim. Kim. Very nice to meet you. My name is April. I'm so delighted to meet you all. So I have a, a, a little thing I want to do just to kind of try something out. We are all wearing glasses. Yeah. I know. That's what I, I just... We're all wearing glasses, right? Mm -hmm. I want us to trade. Swap your glasses out. Charles, I want to get yours. You, you, get, you take mine, and well, no, you take Charles, and then I'll take I yours. See. Oh, my God. I can, I can see out of these. Okay. You doing all right? Yeah. I'm struggling right now. <laughs> these are yours? Mm -hmm. Bless your heart. <laughs> oh, Father. <laughs> how do y'all feel right now? How you doing, Charles, with my glasses? He said he don't want to drive. I have trifocals. Oh, my God. Oh, now, now I see it. Right. If you, if you, you, there's three different sections on the glasses. You've got to look up and then look in the middle and look down. Okay. Right. All right. So this is, is it challenging for you guys to see? It's not that bad. It's not that bad? I, you're legally blind? I can see pretty well out of his You see well out of his glasses, and I can't see out of yours. <laughs> let's, take, let's take these glasses back. Where am I? Lord Jesus, I need to see. It's like musical eyes. All right. Thank you guys for, for participating in that. The point of that illustration, illustration is really to demonstrate that there are as many prescriptions as there are. Um, uh, there are as many prescriptions as there are uh, prescriptions to how we date. We all look at it differently. There's all these different lenses that we can look through when it comes to dating. And dating, like you said, you get so many opinions from so many different people in so many different ways. But the lens that you look through matters. The glasses that I have on today aren't the same prescription that I had three years ago. Because my body's changed, my vision's changed, I've grown, I've developed in certain ways and your body changes. And when you keep the same lens for a certain amount of time, all of a sudden you can't see as clearly. But a lot of us are wearing lenses when it comes to dating that don't fit our eyes. 
A lot of us are wearing lenses when it comes to dating that don't fit the decision that we've made to follow Jesus. A lot of us are wearing lenses when it comes to dating that we borrow from our friend who ain't got nobody or from our other friend who can't keep a girlfriend. This is where you, but you want their glasses. You think they're cool and you put them on and you feel like that's what's going to work. And these are some of the things that we're going to dive into for the next few weeks. And your vision matters. How you look at dating matters. It doesn't just matter to you, but it matters to the people that you're becoming uh, involved with and in relationships with. And let me make sure I'm very clear up front. Dating is not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. I have my cautions about it for various reasons, and we'll talk about that. But dating is not the enemy. But dating well is the objective. Dating on purpose is the goal. Dating to the point where you don't hurt people and they don't hurt you is the goal. You want to date better. We want to teach you and kind of point you in the direction of dating in a way that honors you and honors others. Dating can really truly have a purpose because I promise you, if you don't date well now, you won't marry well later. And if that's your goal, then we want to dive into this concept of dating. When I tell you about, when I talk about dating and I, I got this topic to talk to you guys about, I was a little troubled because truth be told, I don't know that I dated much. It depends on how you define dating. How would you define dating? I would love just to hear an answer. <laughs> how would you define dating? Yes, ma'am. Go, going on dates. Okay. And what does that date look like? So one person asking another person to go out someplace. Right. And what does, what, go ahead, you go ahead. You're either talking or you're dating. Uh-huh, uh-huh. What about over here? What, how would you define dating? Yes, sir. All right, come through. Love, loyalty, chivalry, and respect. I've heard three to four different descriptions of dating, and all y'all wrong, I'm just kidding. But it can, again, it's a different lens that you look at. But when you're in your dating season and you're exploring dating, when I thought about dating, I know what it was like for me growing up. It was kind of like what you said, you wait as a, as a girl, I'm waiting for some guy to notice me and want to spend some time with me, maybe take me out, get to know me, and hopefully he would like me enough to make me his girl. That was the goal for me. I wanted to be your girl. I want to be your girl. I want to be the one you claim. But when I look back over my dating life, so to speak, honestly, I had one solid boyfriend when I was 14 to 16 years old. I knew he loved me. Even at 14 years old, that boy was nuts about April. He really, really was, bless his heart. He liked me a lot. And I broke his heart. And I broke up with him. And I can't, and the reason why I broke up with him was because I liked this other boy. I know, don't judge me. Come on, I'm trying to be vulnerable here. I like this other boy who had a lot more charisma. This up, he had Riz. 
This other boy had a lot of ribs. I mean, he, can't, he grabbed my attention immediately. But my boyfriend was faithful. He was loyal. He was consistent. He was there. He would hold my hand. He wanted to hang out with me. He wanted to spend time with me. We went to church together. But this other boy, he grabbed my attention. There was something about him that was drawing me. And so I broke up with my boyfriend to go out with this other guy. But the, the, the sad part was this other guy wasn't paying me any attention. He didn't even really know I existed. So I had to make myself known. I had to kind of slide my way in there so he could see me. And I wanted to date him, but he wanted to be with me. Y'all picking up what I'm putting down? I wanted to date him. I wanted to be the girlfriend, but he wanted to be with me. Don't make me go there. He wanted to be with me. And because in that season of my life, I wasn't sure about who I was. I wasn't confident in my own skin. I wasn't comfortable in who I was. I allowed dating to get confused with being with. And so I let myself settle for that. I let myself settle for just being with. He never claimed me. He never said, this is my boo, this is my girl. He didn't walk around school holding my hand. None of that. When the holidays were coming around, I didn't get nothing. But he called me after school and said, what you doing? Don't front. Don't act. Don't, don't. It's okay. But I'm free now. I can tell y'all my story. It's okay. But a lot of us get dating confused with that. I wasn't claimed. And then I found myself being in this same situation over and over and over again. I was never claimed as the girlfriend, but I was the one you would call after hours. And I found myself in that situation. And I would wonder, like, well, what's wrong with him? What's wrong with this one? But then when I stepped back and I realized, wait a minute, the common denominator in all those relationships was me. And many of you may find yourself in a similar situation. And I'm here to tell you today, the common denominator in every failed relationship, in every broken relationship, in every chaotic relationship that did not work, the common denominator is you. Y-O-U. And so today, we're going to talk about you. Today, we want to talk about and give you a space, an opportunity to kind of look introspectively at who you are and to, to, to reevaluate you and not so much focus on other things, but to kind of take a look at you. And as you venture into this dating season, in this place of dating in your life, to consider yourself, consider where you are, Consider how you look in this situation. And the part of dating that, that can get conflicting a lot of times is the fact that we don't take the time to survey ourselves. So I want to start this, this, this conversation tonight by asking you a question. Why do you want to date? I want you to ask yourself, why do you want to date? What's it to you? What is your reason? What is your motivation behind dating? Is it something that you just feel like you're supposed to be doing because you're in college? You're of age. You're supposed to date. Some of us, we date because we're looking to get married one day, right? How many of y'all are trying to work on your MRS degree?
But I see hands raised real strong. Don't be ashamed. You want to be a wifey one day. And somebody wants to be a mister one day. You want to be somebody's husband. That's what you're pursuing. That's where you're going. That's what you're looking for. Some of us, we're, you're motivated by that. Sometimes it's just because that's where you feel like you're supposed to be in this season of life. Some of us had parents that told us this was the cadence. This is how it's supposed to be. You graduate from high school. You go to college. About 10th, 11th grade. I mean, uh, about your sophomore or junior year. You meet a dude. You meet a girl. You start dating. And then you graduate. And you start setting a date. Some of y'all have parents and family that kind of push you in that direction. It's supposed to be this cadence. There's this box you're supposed to fit in when it comes to dating. And that's your motivation. But here's what I want to present to you, is that many of us look to dating to get what dating was never meant to give us. Status, fulfillment, affection. We want dating to kind of fill our cups. We want dating to validate that we're attractive. We want to date to validate that we're worth being with. We want to date to cover the fact that we're insecure. We want to date so somebody else thinks that I'm worthy. And those become our motivators. But these types of motivations all bring us to places that we don't want to be. If you allow, if we allow our motivations to, to, to be, to fill our cups and allow people to try to fill the spaces that they were never meant to fulfill, this is where you'll end up. You'll get hurt. You'll be deeply hurt. I was deeply hurt a lot of times because I was seeking, in, seeking to be in relationships to fulfill me to make me valuable as a person, to qualify me. I never thought I was pretty. I was always comparing myself to other people. Her hair is longer, skin's lighter, booty bigger, all of it. Real talk, we look at those things. And if a guy likes this girl who dresses this way, then maybe I need to dress that way. If a girl likes a guy whose riz is like this, and maybe I need to, you know, adjust my riz to be like his. And we look to dating, and we get hurt when we're disappointed, when those tricks don't work. Or you start to realize that you get used to using people to fill your needs. Not only do you get used to using people, you get used to being used by people. You let yourself, we allow ourselves to be in positions that we don't want to be in. We allow ourselves to submit to things that we don't want to submit to. All of a sudden, the standard that we had, the barriers that we had, the boundaries that we had, they go out the window. And we lower things just to be in a dating relationship. And you become desperate extremely desperate. You find yourself seeking out things that you don't need to seek out. And let me tell you something. Desperate dating is dangerous dating. There was a season where they called that thirsty. Thirsty dating is dangerous dating. Dangerous dating. To date in a, in a state of desperation, you, you, you qualify for everything. 
and anybody will do. One, one time I was dating, and let me tell y'all, I didn't get married until I was 40 years old. Four zero. Some of y'all don't want to wait that long. Now, anybody here want to be 40 when they get married? You want to wait till you're about 40? Would you be okay with that? Who would be okay if you were 40 years old before you got married? If it's God's plan. I love that. I wasn't too happy with the Lord. We had issue. But that's how old I was. But I remember when I was, I was, I stepped out of dating for a while and I stepped back in and there was this guy I was dating and I, he just, I kept trying to make him fit because I so wanted to be dating. And one of my girlfriends, she told me, she said, April, nobody eats the first pancake. Does that make sense? When you're cooking pancakes, the first pancake is never perfect. It's a little too dark. It's still gooey in the middle. You ain't quite got the, the temperature just right. But when you do the next one, you kind of got your pan just right, and you know where it is. She said, nobody dates the first pancake. Take that with you. That's for free. <laughs> but we find ourselves in this desperate situation, and desperate dating is dangerous dating. And so I want to ask you a question. In view of all of this, I want you to consider a couple of questions. The first question is this. Are you dateable? Are you dateable? I didn't say, are you eligible? Are you available? I said, are you dateable? Are you the type of quality person that is worth dating? Are you the right person? It's not about them. It's about you, right? And see, we have to stop looking for the right person and start becoming the right person, focusing in on us. And so the question therein lies is, are you the person that you're looking for is looking for? Are you the person that you are looking for is looking for? You're out here. You want to be in a relationship, but this Thing keeps happening every time you get into a relationship. Perhaps you haven't spent enough time focusing on you and becoming the person that you need to be. The person who's looking for you can't find you because you're not ready. You're not prepared. You haven't focused on you. And this is the thing. If you focused on becoming the right person as much as you focused on finding the right person, your dating life would transform. It would literally transform. The moment you start to work on you, your vision starts to change. And your dating life actually, and this is a testament, I'm a testament to this, you stop dating as much. You date for quality and not for quantity. You date on purpose because you know who you are. You know what you like, you know what you don't like, you know your value. And so when you see a joker come your way, nope, that's not him. When you see a young lady pass you by, there's a quality that she bears or that she doesn't bear that you've already tested in yourself. And you can say very quickly, no, I don't think this is the one. And so you're not perpetually dating. I used to tell my boys, when they would tell me about a girl, excuse me, I'm fighting a cold, so I'm sorry about my voice. When they would tell me about a girl, I'm like, oh, okay, you, you dating who, what's her name? Okay, well, tell me why you like her. I would want to know. Tell me what attracted you to this girl. 
And they would tell me, they'd be like, oh, man, she's this and she's so sweet. They always knew to throw in that she loved Jesus because they knew I, that mattered to me. Um, but a girl would tell you she loved Jesus if she wanted to go out with you. Note to self. That guys do the same thing. They sure will. Thank you. They sure will. But I would ask them that. And then about two months after they were going out with this girl, I would call them back in. And I'd be say, I'd say, hey, how's that relationship going? I always did temp checks. And they were like, Mom, why do you always ask us this every two months? Because otherwise, if you haven't determined whether or not this needs to move forward or if this needs to stop, then you're wasting somebody's time. You're wasting your time and you're wasting her time. You're wasting your heart and you're wasting his heart. Because you're making investments. You're making deep investments, emotional investments in another person. And if this person isn't the right person for you, if you don't see something down the road for them, then why are you spending that kind of time? And it actually can be dishonoring. It can be very dishonoring. And so when you look at that, when we consider this, this concept of focusing in on us, we want to examine what we're looking for. We sung, we sung a couple of songs earlier today, this last one especially, was about the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. All of us are seeking out love, but if you don't love you, you won't recognize love when you see it. When you don't know what love feels like from God, you won't recognize real love when it crosses your path. And this was the only way Mr. Farmer passed. My husband, that's what I call him, Mr. Farmer. This is the only way he got in. I had been single for so many years. And I'll tell you just really quickly my story. It's an interesting one. Lord, help me. But I told you that I, I was very insecure most of my life growing up. And so I found myself getting engaged in physical activities with boys way too early, way too early. And by the time I was 16 years old, I found out I was pregnant. And I had my first son when I was a senior in high school at 17 years old. And my parents um, were great parents. They loved me. They were very supportive. They didn't kick me out. Lord bless them. They let me stay at the house, and they loved and supported me. And I graduated from high school, and my son was right there, and I was bound and determined to go to college because I had watched A Different World every Thursday night on NBC. I don't know if y'all know anything about that show, but A Different World was the show, and it was all about college and college life, and I wanted to go to college, so my parents let me go away to college, and I was so glad. So I went to Georgia Southern University down in Statesboro, which it wasn't too far from Augusta. And I went down there, and they, they let my son stay home with them, and one day I'm walking to... My, my math class, and I see this boy walking back past me, football player, real cute. He walked past me every day, and I'd see him, and I'd kind of smile. He'd see me, he kind of smile, we just keep walking. And one day he stopped me, he said, you know, we keep looking at each other. What's your name? Ooh, he liked me. <laughs> Ooh, I was so excited. But again, he didn't really want to claim me, and I think he saw my insecurity. I think, I think Certain types of dudes peep insecurity. Certain type of girls peep insecurity. And they use that to get what they want. And long story short, I found myself pregnant again. Now, mind you, both times, the dad's out. I don't want nothing to do with your baby. You can have them if you want, but I don't want nothing to do with them. So I raised both of my boys by myself for 23 years.
and I appreciate the clap. I really do. But it hurt me to have to raise those boys by myself. They didn't deserve that. Because of my poor choices, because of my insecurity, because of my inability to see myself the way God sees me, I picked poorly. And I made decisions that I shouldn't have made. I lessened boundaries that I really wanted to have. But because I was weak and insecure, my dating life was a sleeping life. And I picked poorly. And it was years before I realized, wait a minute, I'm the problem here. So I just stopped dating altogether. I don't want nothing to do with it. And I had to focus my attention on me. God, who am I? Who do you want me to be? I don't even know what love is. What does love even look like? Because obviously I don't pick well. And if I'm going to do this thing, if I really want to be a good wife, if I really want to have a healthy, strong relationship, I want to do this your way because my way don't work. The TV's way doesn't work. My friend's way doesn't work. I can compare and contrast all kinds of people and relationships. It's not working. God, I need you to show me your way. And it's when I made that decision that I fell back on dating and I focused in on me. Lord, show me who I am. Show me who you created me to be. Let me see my value and my worth irrespective of a dude in my life. Because if you wait around for another person to define your value, you're going to be waiting a long time. And they can never measure up to filling those needs that you have in your heart. Nobody was created to do that. And so I finally focused my attention on God, and me and God were straight, man. My kids graduated from high school. They went on, and I was living my life. I was literally, like, single for the first time in my life. I was, like, 36. I was like, whoa, this is great. And I was gone. I was living my life. I was having a great time. Didn't want nothing to do with no man. You ain't been here all this time. I'm good. That's how I felt. And so one day, I'm walking in my purpose, and I'm standing on the stage, and I'm teaching just like I was teaching now, and there was this guy who was a... Uh, new to the church he was visiting, and he saw me that day, and he hit me up on Facebook <laughs> after church. Hey, you did a great job today. Thank you. How can I help you? <laughs> oh, oh, you, you want to get nowhere with me. And uh, he was actually auditioning to be our new music director at my old church, and so I knew we were going to be working together. I was the worship director at the time. And so he said, hey, I'd love to, you know, get to know you a little better, and let's hang out. I was like, okay, we're going to have to work together. Let me go ahead and set this joker straight. I don't play that. That's not what we're doing. So I went out with him. So Sunday we meet. Tuesday we're sitting down to have lunch, and we're sitting there, and he said, April, can I tell you something? I was like, sure. He said, while you were up teaching on Sunday, God told me you were going to be my wife. I said, ain't that dangerous? I said, oh, really? I said, well, me and the Lord talk all the time. And he ain't told me nothing. So I'm good on that. And I shut him down. Three solid months. That joker asked me out after church. Nope, I'm good on that. I'm good. Because I had a standard. I, had a, I was like, no, I'm not doing this. And I needed to know if I was going to date anybody, I needed to date on purpose. I needed to know that you're going to be somebody who's going to stick. And I had spent so much time cultivating my relationship with God that one day I, I did want to eat that Sunday after church. 
And I knew if I asked him, if I hung around long enough and I asked, uh, you know, he would ask me to go get something to eat. So I did kind of use him, God forgive me. And, um, <laughs> but I did, I asked him how his mama was doing. That was the kicker right there. And then he's like, oh, you want to go get something to eat? I said, sure, let's go. And so we, I said, I know exactly where I want to go. I had the restaurant all peeped out and ready. I said, you just follow me. I'll meet you at the restaurant. So we get to the restaurant, and he sits down. He's like, April, you know, I, I haven't changed my mind about what I said. I said, well, you know what? I don't want to talk about that. He said, April, all I'm asking you for is an opportunity to show you who I want to be for you. So the ball's in your court. Now, that's Riz. I was like, oh. I felt, I felt a little challenged. I was like, oh, okay. He literally said, so the ball's in your court. And like, check, please. That's really how that was. And so the next day, I, I called my friend. She said, April, all he can do is not be him. And I said, you're right. So um, the next morning, I sent him a basketball emoji. And I was like, the ball's back in your That's Riz, too, now. Come on. And... Um, and I dated him, but I still wasn't sure. I was like, Lord, I don't want to take these steps. I'm not going to let myself fall into these bad habits again. I've already I've set some standards. And he was such a gracious guy. He was so pursuant of me. He loved me, and I knew it, and it was weird. It was like, he's for real. Like, what is happening? But the reason I knew it was him, the moment I knew that he was my husband, was the moment I felt him loving me the way God does. That was the indicator. And let me share you, let me share with you what that kind of love looks like. 1 Corinthians 13 says, Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking. He ain't asked me for nothing. It is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. This is what love looks like. It's patient. It doesn't push its way. It allows grace and time for people to grow and to change and to mature. It doesn't, it doesn't demand its own way. It's kind. It's gracious. It sets others above itself. It does not envy. It's not jealous of what the other person is strong at or good at. It actually celebrates the other person for what they are great at. It celebrates them and pushes them towards their greatness. This is what love does. It does not boast. It is not proud or arrogant, and it does not dishonor. It does not put you in a situation where you have to dishonor yourself, that you have to go against your own boundaries and your own standard. Love does not do that. It is not easily angered. If he mad all the time, that's a red flag. If she's mad at you all the time, if her words are always condescending and belittling to you, that is a red flag. Love doesn't, is not easily anger, and it does not dishonor. And this is the keeper right here. It keeps no record of wrongs. And ladies, we do this real good. Don't tell, tell the truth. Shame the devil. We keep grudges. We can hold a grudge easy. We'll keep a list. Sometimes my husband will tell me, he's like, why are you bringing up old stuff? And I have to realize, right, that's right, love doesn't do that. I let that go. We have to let stuff go when it happens. This is what love looks like. And this takes time. This takes investment. This takes intentionality. And this is the season that you have that you're in right now, or this dating season, to be patient, to learn how to be kind. As a matter of fact, put your name where love is. Is April patient? 
I try to be. Is April kind? Most of the time, I think I am. Does April uh, uh, not boast? Yeah. Does April not keep record of wrongs? I'm really working on that one. But put, put your name in. Where do you measure up when it comes to this? And as you take your own personal self-inventory, let that be an indicator of you to focus on you, to work on you becoming the person that you're looking for is looking for. It also says in 1 Corinthians that when I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man or an adult, when I became more mature, I put the ways of childhood behind me. This is the goal. If your relationships today at your age looks like the same relationships you had in middle school, there's a problem. We should be advancing and growing and maturing. And so the bottom line for all of this, as we dive into this series, you're going to be talking about sex. You're going to be talking about uh, dating. You're going to be talking about singleness. You're going to be talking about so many things. But before you dive into all of those things, we really wanted to take some time to help you to focus on you. If you don't love you, you won't know love when you see it. So focus on you more than who. Focus on becoming the you that you need to be, the, new that, the you that God's called you to be. This is what our goal is. This journey, this season of life that you're in, of, of dating, like I said, it's not a bad thing. But when you date poorly, you will marry poorly. If you date poorly now, you're going to be um, a poor husband or wife 10 years from now. If you're easily angered now and you don't work on it now, you're going to be easily angered 10 years from now or 15 years from now or five years from now. So this is the opportunity that you have to focus on you more than who. Because who needs to be able to see a whole person? Who needs to be able to see a confident person? Not a perfect person, not a person that doesn't make mistakes, but a person who is in full pursuit of becoming everything that God has called them and made them to be. I wouldn't think that I deserve the husband I have based on the life that I lived. But the reason why I could receive this love from this awesome man is because I also first received love and forgiveness from my heavenly father. And I know that there may be some of you that's sitting in this room now, and you can say, I know I was laughing at you when you talked about all the stuff that you did, but my list ain't that short. I've made some mistakes. I've stepped into some relationships that I wish I could take back. I've got more regrets than I want to have. I'm here to tell you that there is a God that loves you despite your mistakes, despite your shortcomings, despite your flaws. And actually, he sent his son Jesus to die on a cross just for that. He sent his son Jesus to die on a cross for every mistake that you have ever made, will make, or could ever make. And he loves you unconditionally. We sang the song, it's an overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love. He loves without abandon. He chases us down. He fights until we are found. He will leave the 99 just for you. And no, none of us deserve it. None of us could earn it. But yet and still, what does it say? He gives his love away. And so if you're in the room today 
before we get even further in this series, if you are a person that's like me, you, you have a past, it's okay. God is a redeemer of time and decision. God causes all things to work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And he tells us in the Bible, he says to us, if we confess our sin, that he is faithful and he is just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That means I don't have to walk around with shame from my past. I can tell you guys my story unashamedly because it's what I did. It is not who I am. And what you've done does not have to define who you are. And you want to be as whole and as free as possible when you come across the one that God chooses to bring you together with so that you can glorify him in your relationships. And so if you're sitting in the room today, right where you are, if, if, if I want to first address those of you who have a past, you've made decisions, whatever it looks like, you don't have to tell anybody, you know what it is, and God knows what it is. I want to give you an opportunity just to confess that to the Lord. Right where you are, I want to invite you to just bow your head and have a conversation with God. Lord, I'm in this season right now, and, 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 and I've done things that I probably shouldn't have done, and I haven't made the right decisions. But you say that you love me. And you say that if I confess my sin, you will forgive me. So, Father, right now, I just confess. I'm flawed. I messed up. But, Lord, I want to do things your way. I want to do things better. I want to live a life that's pleasing to you and that doesn't compromise standards that I know deep down in my heart that I want to keep. So God, would you cleanse me from all of that stuff, all of that junk from my past, God? Will you forgive me? And Lord, cleanse me from all of it and free me to receive your forgiveness and to walk freely into the future knowing that I am loved by my creator in heaven. And he's done it already. And for those of you who may be in the room and you're like, April, I hear you talking about this God who forgives. And I've been wrestling with him. I've been disappointed with him. He's kind of let me down in some ways and I don't really quite know how I feel about him. I get that. I totally understand. But he loves you, and he has a purpose and a plan for your life. And there's something deep down inside of you that knows that to be true. I want to invite you to take a step, just one step towards him. God, I will try you. I don't know what this is going to look like, but I will take a step towards you. And I'm asking you to take a step towards me. And if that's you, it's simple. You just invite God into your heart. Lord, I believe that you are God. I believe that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sin. And God, I have sin. But because of the blood of Jesus, I can be set free from that. And God, that's what I want. Would you come into my heart? Would you come into my life? Would you make me new? And God, point me into the direction of you. 
And it's just that simple. He accepts us just as we are where we are whenever, whenever we ask. And for those of you who are dating, that's cool. I'm glad. Enjoy yourself. Not too much. But enjoy yourself. But I want to invite you to invite God into your dating life. I want you to invite God into your dating life and ask him to lead you and to guide you in every decision you make with every person that you think you might want to go out with, every person that you think you want to consider, ask this simple question, God, should I? And wait for your answer. And just invite him into that space and focus on becoming the you that God wants you to be. And I promise you, when you do that, your life will be transformed in more ways than you can ever imagine because he has so much good ahead for you. Would you pray with me? Lord God, (laughs) what a night. Lord, we had no idea what this was going to look like tonight. Sure, there was a structure and a plan. But what I love so much about you is that you know better than we do. So God, I thank you for knowing each and every person in this room tonight. I thank you for knowing what each and every person in this room needed to hear. And I pray by your wisdom and by your spirit and by your guidance that somebody in this room heard what they needed to hear to take a step towards you as their Lord and Savior and to take a step towards you in their dating life. Lord God, I thank you for the opportunity that you've given us to be loved by you and to love others the way you say love should be. And God, we're going to make mistakes. We are. And that's why I'm so grateful for Jesus. Because he helps us to walk daily, cleansed and free from all of our transgressions and all of the mistakes that we're made. And that we don't have to walk under any condemnation or guilt or shame. But that you free us through your son, Jesus. And so, God, we thank you for this opportunity to dive into these hard topics with openness, with vulnerability, and with a willingness to receive from you what we can only get from you. God, fill our cups with you. Fill us up with so much of you that we just pour out you with every person that we encounter. This we pray and ask in your son Jesus' name. Amen.